Good afternoon and welcome to another TRC broadcast. I'm so glad that you guys are here once again. Uh, I'd like to start out by saying a, a wonderful, happy, happy anniversary to my wife. Um, for 42 years, 42 years, that's a long time. I mean, I know it was like she was eight and uh, I was, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just want to say happy anniversary to her. Uh, you know, it's something the Bible says, when a man findeth the wife, he find a good thing and obtain favor of the Lord. So again, thank God for that. Also for you guys, Thank God for you who are constantly being diligent in the debt-free challenge. Boy, have I got news for you. Uh, we, we will come together and we will share this news with you because you've been so faithful. And we thank you so much for all that you do. Uh, we have some of the best members in the world. So again, we thank God for you. And we have some of the best uh, e-members in the world and those who are covenant with us and we just thank god for you amen so without any further ado let's get ready to get right on into the word uh i have some things i want to share with you and i believe it'll be more so in the form of conversation uh, i don't want to be too preachy but i just want to really elaborate on some of the things that i've seen in the word of god that i think is going to be instrumental to you it's going to help you and it's going to help you to be able to strengthen your walk with Christ. The Bible says to rise up and walk in the newness of life. So uh, if you're ready, I'm ready. Uh, settle yourself down. Settle your spirit down. Be ready to hear. He that hath an ear. Let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you individually about your particular life. You know, we are not lords over one another's faith. However, we all have to work out our own salvation and maybe you see some things in your life that you wish to change we believe the word of god will enable you equip you and empower you to do so so let's get ready to get into the word um to, tonight i want to speak to you on the subject of letting go of your past and the subtopic would be and moving on Letting go of your past and moving on. It's one thing to just let go of your past, but you got to have a destination. How many of you know that? If you have a destination, you can put all of your energy in trying to reach and obtain that destination. And when you don't have a destination, you have a lot of wasted motion, wasted energy, wasted time. And we don't have time for that. <laughs> we all have to be able to conserve our energy, especially in this day of time, and be able to move to that destination that God would have for us. Um, how many of you ever heard of the phrase, let go and let God? <laughs> well, I, I think about that. And I'm sure that we've all heard it. However, if I was to finish that phrase, you know, because my thoughts was when I first heard it was let go of what and let God do what. <laughs> and I guess as an individual, you fill in the blanks. However, if I was going to finish that phrase, I would say let go of your past and let God move you on to your future. There has to be a destination for your life. 
You know, um, moving on seems to be one of the hardest things in the world to do, especially when you have become consistent in any type of walk in your life. Uh, sometimes we develop habits and tendencies and we're not even aware of them because they come over, a, 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 I guess, a space of time. And you find yourself um, developing habits that really stop your growth, impede your progress. And sometimes we don't know what is happening here. But uh, it's not just the bad times we have to let go of that's in our past. Some of us are still, we are caught up, we are hindered, sidetracked by the memory of some of the good times we had in our past. And sometimes you have to move on because when you begin to look at your past and you start looking at the things you did, you know, uh, I think about, and this is just, I guess, one of the visions that you would see back in the day, the old group, when I say old group, I'm talking about some of the old men, the older guys who maybe been in the war. Maybe they have accomplished something in their past. And when they start drinking, they would always resort back to those memories of their past. And, you know, many times, you know, you would say, my God, they're getting ready to tell those stories again. Well, you know, those are monumental times in their past and they have held on to those memories. And even that, those accomplishments are far gone now in their life and they can't move on. So whether it's good times or bad times, holding on to things in your past has a tendency to keep you, um, uh, keep you uh, stuck. Stuck in a dispensation that you can't move on from. You know, so let's go on and let's research the scriptures. But, you know, it's kind of like uh, the song that says it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. <laughs> and many people cannot say goodbye to yesterday. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about how. How do you do this? How do you let go of your past? You know, people are right now. Uh, are destitute. People right now are frustrated. People right now are hurt. There are things that has happened in people's past that they have not let go of. Some of the failures that they've had, whether it be a failed relationship, a failed marriage, maybe they've been hurt or wounded by a best friend. People tend to hold those things and they hold them close to themselves. And we're going to look in the scripture and we're going to see why why people do this. And maybe if you see yourself in this, it'll be easier for you to untangle, if you will. <laughs> Loose yourself, or as the scripture says, those that oppose themselves, recover themselves out of the snare of the enemy who have taken them captive by his will. Let's go take a look at a, a, a situation here in 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter. 1 Samuel 15, and I want to uh, just begin to look at uh, the story of Samuel and Saul, and we will see how it is so easy to get captivated by monumental times in your life, you know, uh, so let's just begin reading, and let's look at uh, verse 1, it says, Samuel also said unto Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. 
Now, therefore, hearken thou to the voice of the words of the Lord. He said, and thus saith the Lord of hosts. I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he had laid in wait for him out of the way when he came out of Egypt. Now, let me just, and you can leave, yeah, let, let, let me explain a little bit. Here it is, is where Samuel went to Saul because the Lord had instructed him, go to him and anoint him king. Well, Samuel didn't really want to do it. Saul was the first king of Israel and Samuel didn't really want to do it. Samuel was Hannah's son. We know the story about Hannah and uh, we talked about that um, and how she had really believed the Lord to have a child. And God, the Bible says, opened her womb. She had Samuel. Samuel uh, was confronted and uh, Saul was the people's choice, not necessarily God's choice, but the people's choice. And you can get in a lot of trouble when you just uh, resort to being the people's choice and not really be God's choice. And so this is what happened with him. And so as he went to him, uh, he said, uh, the Bible says when he first heard that the people wanted a king because they were studying the people around them who all had kings and Israel were being led by God through the judges. But then when they decided, you know, we want a king as well, the Bible says, listen, it grieves Samuel. He really didn't want to do it. But then listen to what the Lord said. He said, Samuel, he said, hearken unto their voice. Go and anoint Saul. He said, and then I want you to understand the people are not rejecting you. They are rejecting me. And that's a lot of times when God sets order and you don't receive God's order. Then what he's saying is, is you're not really rejecting what you're seeing. You're rejecting what God initiated. So, to make a long story short, he went to uh, Saul and began to tell him. And then uh, we're going to skip through some of these as I deem necessary for time's sake. But let's go back to verse 3, I believe it was. Uh, the Bible says, now go and smite uh, Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not. Both slay uh, man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep camel and ass now god has a plan and when god instructs you you may not have been around when god began to uh it develop you for a plan what do i mean by that now if you remember the scripture says that when egypt when 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 israel was in the exodus coming out of egypt Amalek or the Amalekites laid and waited for them to ambush them because at that time they didn't think they had any uh, weapons. They came out with jewelry. They came out with gold and silver. They came out on a high hand, but they didn't have weapons. God in his infinite wisdom brought them on dry land through the Red Sea. And as they pursued, God turned right around and took the weapons from the Amalekites, from uh, uh, from the Egyptians who had pursued them, Pharaoh and all of that. And the Amalekites were laying in wait on the other bank. God took the weapons that washed up on the shore and gave them 
to his people in order to fight the Malachites. God then said, I will remember that. You call yourself going to ambush my people. Remember, I'll bless them that bless thee, curse them that curse thee. So because they did that, now God was raising up Saul to go back and utterly destroy them off the face of the earth. Well, you know the story. Because Saul was the people's choice uh, king, the Bible says, and as we go on and read the next scripture, the Bible says, Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in uh, Teliam, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. Now, he had an entourage, and the Bible says, and Saul came to the city of Amalek, uh, Amalek excuse me, and laid and waited in the valley. And then it went on to say, and Saul said to the Kenites, he said, go depart and go down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. Now, li listen, this is this is the, uh, the point that I want to get to. Some of these scriptures you can go and read yourself, but we are going to verse 11. But the Bible says, uh, uh, 11 is going to be the last scripture of what we are trying to talk about right here. Uh, he said that when God gave him that mandate to go forward, the Bible says that he kept the king alive um, and he kept the best sheep. He kept the best flock. He kept the best things when God said destroy everything. So he didn't really do what, you know, God told him to do. Now, this is the part that I really want you to understand, because this is a thing I, I see in life with a lot of people to to cut to the chase samuel lived in regret he lived in regret and that's what a lot of us uh do we we live in regret because things in our past did not go like we wanted them to go uh the bible says number uh number one samuel anointed saul to be the king but then saul didn't want the people to have a king and so he was regretting the fact that this man that he went and anointed didn't obey the Lord. So he grieved over Saul and he grieved a long time. And we pick this up in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 1. And this is God's response to Saul not obeying him. This is what he said. The Lord said unto Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Now, the Bible says that the Lord will not leave us, neither will he forsake us. But when it comes down to doing his will, when we don't qualify and we walk in disobedience for a long time, God will reject us. And this is what he's saying. Now, it's not for me to say when God is going to reject you. I, I'm not preaching condemnation. I don't want you to begin to feel as though, well, you know, because you feel some type of way that God has rejected you. That's between you and the Lord. But, you know, he did say in Genesis, my spirit will not strive with man always. And what he was basically saying, my spirit is not going to argue. It is not going to dispute with man. It's not going to wrestle with man always. Are you listening to what I'm saying? 
Then we know that the Bible says about Samson. Here, Samson didn't do what God told him to do. And he constantly disobeyed God on numerous occasions until the point that he laid his head in Delilah's lap. You know the story. And the anointing was removed from him. And the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord had departed from him and he didn't even know when it happened. What am I saying? God rejected him as the deliverer for his people. Oh my God, please forgive me because I did think I had turned this thing down and I know that this is not Jesus. <laughs> so please forgive me. Uh, but anyway, let me let me go on. I just got to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Oh man, okay. Now we're good. Again, my apologies. Uh, this is the first time you saw that happen. <laughs> so give me grace. Okay, now, so what we were talking about here is God said he won't strive with man and he rejected him. So he said to, to Samuel, how long are you going to keep regretting that you went and you anointed him to be king? You did what I told you to do. But how long are you going to grieve over him? Listen, seeing that I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Now, this is a tough spot right here because, you know, there's a lot of people who, are, who go to their grave anointed to do something and they never, ever do it. They never walk it out. They never see it come to fruition. And it's only because they've chosen their own way of how they want to do things. And God is saying, you know, it's my way. He said, I am the way. And so we have to really uh, uh, know that God is wiser than we are. God knows what he wants us to do. God has already pre-planned it. For whom he did, the Bible says in Romans 8, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. So God has already laid a path out for you and I. He knows what we're supposed to do. And so therefore, he is telling us, he said, trust me and walk out what I've called you to do. Now, I want to go back here to Samuel and the Bible says, how long will you mourn over him, seeing that I rejected him? Now, this is how you move on uh, in your life. Because the next scripture, uh, I don't know if I put that down. I, I don't think I did. But uh, I can pull it up here. The next scripture says, uh, seeing I reject, rejected him from reigning over Israel. And listen to what he said. He said, Fill thy horn with oil. In other words, there come a time in your life that when you've lived in regret, when you've lived in frustration, when you've lived in your past, there comes a time that you need a new, fresh anointing. Because there are things that will grab your life and grab a hold to your mindset, your memory, and your all your capabilities are be, uh, will be wasted. And it's a time where you need a new anointing, especially when God is doing a new thing. You follow what I'm saying? So he said, fill your horn with oil, which represents the anointing. And he said, and I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Because listen, for I have provided me 
a king among his sons. Let me tell you something, guys. God, just like when Isaac asked Abraham, he said, I see the wood. I see uh, I see the big lighter. I see all of those, but where is the ram? And Abraham said, the Lord shall provide him for himself a sacrifice. See, there are things that in your past that you really uh, say someone you're hurt over a bad marriage. Many times when people are hurt, they stop and they live in that pain. They live in the pain of their hurt. They live in the pain of their past. They live in the, the frustration of yesterday. And it's really hard for you to be able to hear a fresh word from God, to receive a fresh anointing, if you won't move from that spot. We have to get up and move on. It's not enough to let go of your past, but you have to get up and move on. Remember the lepers that laid at the gate and all of the city had been taken, besieged, and they began to say, how long shall we sit here when the word of God is already been spoken? They said, if we sit here, we're going to die. If we get up and go to the next camp, maybe they might keep us alive. But why sit we here? You can't keep sitting in one spot, even though sometimes we don't know where to go. And that's part of walking in faith, because God would always show you how to restore a hurt life. And when you have that pain on you for things that happen in your past, it's easy to identify that because it's normally one of the first things we talk about. If you listen to us long enough, we will begin to talk about the pain of our past. And guys, I'm telling you right now, in order to get over, you know, I've always heard this. When you stop talking about the pain of anything, then it has become dead to you. That's a powerful statement. When you stop talking, if you hear somebody always complaining about someone, always talking about someone, that pain is still alive in them. It's still, they're still could possibly be in a state of unforgiveness. They could be in a state right now of regret. They can be in a state of remorse. But when they finally stop talking about it, that means that it has finally died. And it's easy to detect when a person still has an open wound because if you mention it, that's the first thing that comes out. And it normally comes out uh, with some type of, uh, I don't want to say an attitude, emotion. Are you listening? So let me go on and, 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 and move on here. And the Lord said, I have provided for myself a king among one of Jesse's sons. Now, what, what exactly is regret? Because regret is one of the biggest things that you see in the life of believers. Because remember the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man or woman be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things should be dead. Old things are passed away. And then verse 18 says, and all things are become new and all things are of God. Now, what is regret? Regret is simply defined as 
feeling sad, repentant, or disappointed over something that has happened or something that has been done, something that went on in your past. You're still disappointed by it. You're still hurt by it. You're still feeling sad. And a lot of times we don't know it, but it shows in our countenance. Have you ever seen people that doesn't, they really don't have a pleasant countenance? Everything over a period of time can just not continue to be that serious. These are the scars. Remember Paul said, I bear about the scars of the Lord Jesus Christ in my body and I die daily. These are the scars that people carry from their past. And it's hard for them to really, they look, the, the look on their face, their countenance. You know, that's the first, first thing God said. Why has our countenance fallen? And then there's another extreme to where people just simply just act cuckoo. And it's to hide the pain. And when I say that, I mean that they are just over-emotionally gleeful and a lot of times they're trying to cover the pain and 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 cover the scars of what has happened and let me say this to you guys one of the things that keep us like that when we go through an issue is we immediately hold up a defense mechanism that says this will never happen to me again no one will ever get this close to me again. No one is ever going to hurt me like this again. And so you become walled up. And when you become walled up, the people that you have walled up to keep them out, you have made a prison for yourself and it's holding you in. And there's no way you can be happy because we are born social creatures. There is something that we need from one another. And you just, when you are not infused with the anointing, the Bible says the Bible, the body is fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. When people are not connected, there is no way they can have healthy relationships with one another. They can't have healthy relationships with God. They can't have healthy relationships in life. Why? Because the life of Jesus, you remember the Bible says that the it is the the blood is the life of the body. And when you are not connected, the blood is not flowing freely. And when it's not flowing freely, you find yourself not being able to live. You exist, but not live. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Uh, it's a sense of sorrow uh, about events in the past. Usually, wrongs committed or errors that were made. Things that we've done, and, and a lot of times we live in regret. I, you know, I found myself living like that when I, when I realized my potential in Christ. And I said, if I had buckled down and did the right thing years ago, some of the events in my life, I may not still be or working through them. I may not have had to deal with them. Uh, it's because... I regretted not making wiser choices. Anybody understand what I'm saying? I didn't do the right thing. And when you're caught up in the moment, you think, and the Bible says there is a way to seem right unto man. But in the end, there are ways of destruction. We think that we're going the right way. I didn't seek counsel. I didn't ask God for counsel. I wasn't saved um, most of those times. And even when you're saved, you're not immune to not asking for counsel. because. 
you don't want anybody in your proverbial business. I, I get it. However, the Bible says this in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. You need to take of someone else's eyes and ears sometimes, but not just anybody. People have to qualify. Now, let me continue to move on because I need to finish this. Um, sorrow for what has been done or something that failed to be done. People are carrying the weight of old wounds and old scars, old relationships, damage. They go through life as damaged goods. Some people will never marry again. It's because they have never let go of what has happened to them in the past. I can tell you this myself. There is a lot of people in the body of Christ that has experienced a church hurt. The reason why a church hurt hurts so much is because you would think that everyone is walking according to the word of God. Therefore, you, you drop your guard. And because you drop your guard, it's almost like a clean hit without no blocks, no protection. It just hits you and it damages us deep on the inside. I have experienced such a thing as a church hurt, and maybe you have too. However, it's dead to me now. That is dead to me now. Because first, number one, I had to forgive those that did it. Then number two, I had to realize one group of people is not every group of people. Number three, I realized that God had a plan for my life. And all of my energy needed to be put on hearing God from me, not to try to show someone I'll show you. That wasn't it. It was that I knew that God is God. God wasn't the one that hurt me. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so in order for you to get past a hurt in a marriage, you didn't marry everyone. You married the wrong one. That's why you were hurt. But there is a right one. There is one of God's choosing. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Maybe you got hurt by a best friend. It could be possibly because you didn't choose your friends carefully. Maybe you ignore some red flags. We don't know. You saw some things. You heard some things, but you didn't. You ignored it because you said never me. No matter what it was, we have to move on. We have to move on. No one is worth your life being on hold. You have to move on. You do yourself an injustice by not allowing God to heal you. And when you and and when you are hurt like that, the worst thing you can do is cover it up, but you need to expose it. What I mean by expose it, you need to open it up, talk it out to God and say, you know, Lord, this is what has happened to me. Heal me. It's almost like a wound. You know, sometimes you have to take the bandage off of it so it can get some air, so it can promote healing. And a lot of times we try to we try to embed a pain or hurt or a disservice so deeply that it controls our behavior because it's always there. And you have to trust God. You can't do it yourself. It's impossible for you to do it yourself. God has to heal you. Don't you realize that 
when God saved us, we had a lot of baggage. But even God let go of our past so he could begin to talk to us about our future. Now, let me move on really quickly. People carry the pain of their past and it robs them of their future. We must move on. Look at someone and say, we must move on. We must move on. You can't just sit in one spot. You have to move on. Life constantly moves. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Life moves continuously. And if you allow yourself to just sit still, if you allow yourself to just uh, not allow God to get involved in your life, you will become stagnant. You know, uh, stagnant water begins to, to smell. Do you understand what I'm saying? Stagnant water begins to smell. And it's only the freshness of constantly running water. You have to allow God to keep moving you forward and not allow yourself to just be stuck in life. Sometimes people spend years like the children of Israel in the same place when the journey to the next place was only a short ways away. Are you listening? As the Bible says in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was a stone's throw away. Listen to me. So people carry those things and you have to be careful. Listen to yourself and see if when a certain person's name brought up, you always begin to chime in. You get emotional. It bothers you. You have to move on. People are going to do things to you as long as you live. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. In this world, you shall have tribulations. People are going to do things as long as you live. But what we have to do is to learn how to manage them. Learn how to master that so it doesn't keep us in a hole and it doesn't stunt our spiritual growth. Are you listening? Now, you have to understand there are certain uh, stories in the Bible that talk about people moving on. Did you realize, and maybe some of you never think about this, but Adam and Eve, began a family, had two sons. But do you realize, and this might be something that we never think about because it's not talked about that much. But do you realize in one day, their family was torn apart and they lost both sons on the same day. They lost one to death and the other one to exile. Can you imagine the pain and the hurt of losing two kids at one time? Can you imagine how hard it would be to trust God after that? God didn't do it, but you know what? They had every uh, opportunity to believe that God was the source of their problem. But because they didn't do that, because they didn't give in to that, God gave them a second chance and their son Seth was born. You follow what I'm saying? Look at David. David was in a situation to where all of his closest friends betrayed him. 
They turned their back on him. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to stone him. Saul, who he had labored, whom he had served, whom he had given his life to a ministry to Saul, tried to run him down and kill him and throw a javelin at him. Then he had a son. Uh, we know that it was, it was, it was, you know, the way he had the son was through Bathsheba. We know then the son died. We know one of his sons raped his daughter. Then we look at Absalom. Absalom tried to overthrow him and turn all of the people against him. But throughout the Psalms, you saw David talk about God's faithfulness, how God was always with him. What happened after that? God gave him a son called Solomon. You know why? Because he moved on. There's a theme to what I'm saying. Look at Joseph. Joseph's brothers put him in a pit. Then he ended up going sold into slavery. Then all of a sudden he became great. But then he was demoted when this woman began to say that he tried to lay with her. He tried to rape her. He was put in prison. But the Bible says God was with him. Now, look at this long string of unfortunate incidents. He could have said, you know what? This is, this is all I can take. But the Bible says God was with him. And his brothers initiated it out of jealousy because they didn't like him. There are people that don't like you. There are people that talk about you all the time. There are people that as soon as they get an opportunity to bring your name up, they try to trash it and throw dirt on top of it. Why? Because they have put dirt on top of their own names. It's because they are not popular. It's because no one really likes them. So therefore, instead of them wanting to come up where you are, they want to bring you down where they are. But you have to get used to that. The Bible says and God was with Joseph. And it's obvious that Joseph had moved on because when they came to Egypt in a famine and they begin to say, when Joseph see us, he's going to be reminded of all the dirt that we've done to him. But you know what Joseph said? Am I in the place of God? What the enemy meant for my evil, God turned it around to my good. And it's the same thing with you. God is expecting you to move on because what the enemy meant for your evil. And some of this stuff that is happening to you might not just be the enemy. It might be because you were in one place too long and God is trying to get you to grow to another level. It's possible that God is trying to get more out of you. It's possible that God is trying to change your mindset about him, about ministry, about life in general. And many times we think it's always the devil when we get grieved. But sometimes we're grieved because we don't want to move. Sometimes we grieve because we're comfortable. Sometimes we're grieved because we don't really want to step out into the unknown. And we feel those emotions. But see, God moved Joseph from his father's house with the coat of many colors all the way to Egypt to become administrator over all that was in Egypt. That was a vehicle of grace. Right now, you might be upset about how your life is going. 
don't always think it's the enemy because you will always sit down and try to fight them. Sometimes you have to grow through those moments. Sometimes you have to say, maybe God is wanting something else out of me that I haven't given you. Maybe this is my time to grow to another place in God. Jesus, another one who moved on. Jesus, Jesus was betrayed. He was betrayed by those who were closest to him, those that walked with him, those that ministered with him. See, the enemy can't really do anything to you with people from afar. He always uses the people who he deems as closest to you. Those are the ones that you have the most problems out of in general because those are the ones that you are connected to. Your heart is connected to. This is why you have to learn how to move on. But Jesus did. Now, you notice Judas walked with Jesus for three and a half years. Now, watch Jesus. When Judas came, to betray him. And even when it was at the Passover, Jesus knew that he was going to do it. He said, whatever you do, do us quickly. When he met him in the, in the garden, Judas came to him to betray him and said, the one that I go and kiss, that is the one. Lay hold on him. Listen to what Jesus said. When Judas came up and kissed him, Jesus called him friend. That's an indication Jesus had moved on because what God was trying to do was greater than what Judas had done. What God was trying to do, look at your life. What God is trying to do is greater than what people have done. Don't rob yourself out of seeing what God is trying to do. Are you listening? There's something greater on the other side. And what people have done, some of it grew you up. Some of it moved you. Are you listening? See, it's not the people. He said, he called Judas friend. It's not the people you like that keeps you praying. It's the ones on your job that can't stand you. It's the ones on your job that you have a hard time with. It's the ones in your family that you constantly have issues out of. Those are the ones that keep you praying. Those are the ones that keep you in God's face. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's, it's not uh, uh, your income tax check that causes you to pray. It's famine. It's drought that causes you to pray. The Bible says your enemies will be your footstool. So what God is saying is your footstool is where you rest your feet and the thing that causes you to be elevated. It's your enemies that is your footstool. It's not those ones, the things that are pleasant. It's not the times that you think that is easy. It's not when you eat and drink and be merry that makes you a warrior in Christ. The Bible says endure hardness like a good soldier. It's the tough times in your life that causes you. It shows you what you're made out of. It's the tough times. It's the lonely times in life that make you closer to, to God. It is the time when you don't have abundant finances that causes you to go and sit in God's fa uh, face and say, Lord, what do I do from here? 
These are the times that grow us up. It's when your body is hurting, when you have to go to him and say, with your stripes, I'm healed. These are the times that show us what we're made out of. Let me close with this. Jesus, Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know what they do. He moved on. I got the clothes. Uh, oh, Jesus. Luke 9, 62. Let me see if I can get this in really quickly. Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. God never desired our past to have this kind of power over us. Never. People in general will try to hold unforgiveness over you because to them it is a power. It is something that they can hold over you. So to them, it's a power. Not realizing it is something that is self-inflicted. Are you listening? And it's also a fear that they may have of moving into the unknown uncertainties of their future. Letting go of something familiar. Remember? Get thee out of thy father's house. Get away from the familiar. Many times people have a fear of going places that they've never been before. They have a fear of walking on a level they've never walked before. Let me close with this. And then Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, and let's look at verse 18. The Bible says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the, de in the desert. God said, remember ye not the former things. We must move on from our past. Whether it was things that hurt us or whether it was things that gave us trophies, you must move on. Your past is when you look back. And if you put your hand to the plow and you look back, the Bible says, then you're not fit because you can no longer receive instructions of where God is trying to take you. God has a new thing for your life. There's a new thing waiting for you to be discovered. There's a new thing that you have never seen before. Let go of the old and experience something new. And even as the angel said when he showed up, he said, fear not, for God is with thee. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of letting go of what you're so used to because there's a new thing waiting on you. There's something you've never seen before. Challenge yourself to see a new you. Challenge yourself to see what God has in your life that you've never seen before. And I'm telling you, you will see things that will inspire you, encourage you, and let you know God is not through with you. He's not done with you. He's not done. No matter what you think and what you have seen, there's much more to be seen. Amen. Praise God. So we thank God for the word of God. We believe right now that the word of God has, has caused a newness to rise up, hope to rise up, encouragement to rise up on the inside of you. Remember, continue to share these messages. Subscribe. Talk to your friends. You got 3,000 people on your, on your friends list. 
talk to them about subscribing. Subscribe to this channel so you know when a new video drops, new content when it drops, new announcements when it drops. Amen. So put a like down right now. Look down. How many likes do we have? Like it. Amen. Let God know that you are encouraged by what he's sharing, the food that he's feeding you and whatever you do, whenever you do it, however you do it from this point on, I want you to remember, do it without holding on to your past because it is your future to cause you to keep it real.